Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cotter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Tuesday, August 11th, and we finally got him back. It's Tony Serino. Time for a Tony Tuesday. He's going to be back on the show. Our first segment talks about the state of all football because college football looks on the brink of not happening and what that kind of impact might have also on the NFL. But then we get into some Steeler-related topics with the second and third segments because in the second segment, we go over some interesting stuff that Deontay Johnson accidentally leaked out to the press last week, and it was a comment that kind of said something about what Matt Canada does for the Steelers. We'll get to that in the second segment. In the third segment, David DeCastro talked about the differences between last year and what they're hoping for this year, and why and why Ben Roethlisberger's return isn't just about his play on the field. It's about what he's going to bring simply by being there for the offense to count on. All that and more in today's show. As always, you can subscribe to us to this Locked On Steelers podcast anywhere podcasts are hosted. And if you go on a Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review with a positive comment. Doing show will get you a shout-out on the show. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back, everyone. It's it's Tuesday. We're getting through the week, but it's not just any Tuesday. It's a Tony Tuesday! Because my man Tony Serino is back on the show tony it's great to have you back my good friend yeah and it's been a while right i think i think what i didn't get to do fantasy draft last week and no tuesday last week so I'm, I'm happy chris happy to be back getting closer and closer to the start of the season or i guess you know what we're counting down to now right it's it's, it's august 10th but we're still counting down to the true start of training camp right and that's the thing it's uh it's 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 a it's a week from from uh it's, it's a week from this this monday so yeah. Um, way to go. You've already, you, you know, a week off and you've already spoiled that we're not doing a live show. Um, good job, <laughs> good job, Tony. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, so that, I, I brought that up yesterday on the show that training camps for the NFL open with padded practices on the next Monday, the 17th. Um, and everyone's eyeballing that. We are also now, uh, less than a month away officially of, uh, of, of, kick, of kicking off football, um, with everything. So we are, we like, you know, it, it's feeling close, it's feeling tangible. Um, the opt-out period is over, so no one has to worry about that anymore. But there's a serious question now as far as how the football world is going to happen. And that's where we're going to do our top story is going to be focusing on, all, on, on what's going on with college football because I think that that could have a lot of impact on the sport as a whole, yeah. um, including the NFL. And uh, so if you haven't been paying attention, y'all, um, there's been a lot of sourced stories that have been out from various major news organizations, ESPN, Detroit Free Press, all of that, saying that the power that that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to pull out of this season, and that will they'll be the first of the of the Power Five conferences to do so, and that the ACC, SEC, and Big Twelve are going to try and fight through it. Um, but you know, nothing's been officially announced yet, to my knowledge. Tony, you've been seeing this whole process. What have your thoughts been on just the, the chaos that seems to be going on? Yeah, well, I think I think you're absolutely right to talk about you know this in relation to the NFL, right? Because the, and we're talking about college football, um, because I think that is absolutely going to be a domino along the way. Now, now, look, I should we should say that college could get canceled, and the NFL still decides we're going through with this, right? I mean, I think. Yep. Um, you know, the one thing that the NFL has going forward is that they are kind of like a unified NFL is going to do its thing. Whereas in the NCAA or in college football, right, you have the NCAA, but, you know, we, we know the NCAA. They don't really uh, – they don't exert a lot of power over the – especially the Power Five conferences. 
Um, or I guess even when it comes to the Mac, right? Even them. So, I mean, the NCAA kind of wants to go forward here, but, um, and I think it's a lot to do with money, but there are smaller conferences who are saying now, like, you know, we're, we're not going, right? Like the Mac just happened, just, just, just said no. And I think you're starting to see these power five, like you were talking about, sounds like, and, and, you know, you talk about the sourced, uh, articles that that's going to, you know, that that's going to be the next domino to fall is that those are going to get canceled or, or maybe even moved to the spring. And then, yeah, I think you have to go to baseball too, because I think, you know, with baseball, and, and watching how a professional league who's not doing it in the bubble uh, is dealing with the amount of uh, games that they're having to cancel or move around or the number of players that are getting infected, staff getting infected. I think that's all stuff that the NFL needs to continue to monitor. And I have to say, Chris, that the closer we get to opening day, like the less that I kind of want the season. To, and I don't think it's going to get played. I think I think they are eventually going to have to move it. But I, again, I, I want to watch. Look, I, I am a fan of football, right? I want to watch the sport. I, I want opening day to happen. But do I want opening day to happen in such a way where it's going to be an open question as to how many players are going to make it through week to week without getting COVID? Um, you know, how much is it going to go through the coaching staff? You're going to have to have games canceled throughout the season. Are we going to play like half a season and then it's going to get canceled? Um, I, and, and then there's going to be no fans at these games, right? If the NFL has to come to a determination where they have to move this thing, right? If they, if they think there's a better chance they put this thing in March or April, that, there's, that, that we could have a full season – with 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 less cases throughout the league and and potentially even put some fans in the stands. I'm all for that, right? I mean, I want to watch football and I know this becomes like a very divided issue. I want to watch football, right? But I want to watch football, you know, as football, not oh, that's right. This week, you know, we have no James Conner and, and no Cam Hayward because they both tested positive last week. I'd rather not watch. You know, I'd rather watch it as a, as a full season the way we watch football every year and not dealing with all of the the uh the covid stuff. So I don't think it's going to happen, and I, I, I'm kind of of the mind right now where I, I'd like to see it get moved maybe to the spring. So normally, I when when you go your pessimism mode, I would call you Tony the hater, but this is a serious matter, so I will not call you Tony the hater in this situation. But I'll take Tony. I'll take Tony the pessimist. Okay, Tony the pessimist. But, but, but even so, that, that's kind of making light of the situation. We are talking about a serious a, a serious matter here. This isn't like. You know, when you predict the Steelers are going to lose or say some one quarterback's better than the other, this mm -hmm. is this is a very this is a more dire. These are there are a lot of consequences that come here. Because sure. um, the serious question, and I, mean, I think what's going on in college football is that if one of these kids dies yeah. because they played a season, it's going to ignite a whole firestorm of problems for the NCAA, especially because these kids don't get paid. And um, Bomani Jones from ESPN brought this up on his show, The Right Time, last week. And he was like, he brought up a very good point. He's like, there is a movement right now of the players to, to maybe get paid. And now the, the these institutions know if a kid dies while trying to entertain people for this sport, it's only going to further that, for, for, you know, further their point, which would rock that entire industry and how it functions. They're, that's definitely on their decision-making uh, scales right now. So mm -hmm. I, I agree with that. I I don't think I'm not sure if college football will get pushed to the spring. I think if they don't do it, it'll it'll just get canceled because when you start talking to players, when you start talking to those star players, what star player is going to want to play in the spring when the combines in the spring? Right. And and, and you're gonna you might get drafted in the spring. And if if the if it's a spring sport and it ends in April or May, and then you got you got to tell them, hey, well you got drafted by the Steelers, you got to show up in training camp by you know by July. Uh, their bodies can't recover that quickly. That, that's right. ridiculous. So it's a good point. Yeah, and, and you also have to consider like season-long injuries in in March mean you're mm -hmm. missing your your rookie year as well. Right. That's a good point. Exactly. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, and so that's 
that's part of why I, I don't think that would actually happen. I, I think the NFL can start on time because the money's about uh, is right, and I think they're they're in a more uh, a situation where they can they can put pressure on the players like, look, we need this to happen, you need this to happen, let's get this done. I think that there's going to be an NFL season. I honestly, even though I just started covering the the pit beat um, for DK Pittsburgh Sports. I don't think there's going to be a college football season. I think that eventually everyone's going to be like, all right, we, we just need to take a year off and just do what's right by these students, which, which stinks because there's some students, well, some players, it won't be, it won't do right by because they stayed, they didn't go to the draft. They stayed back to, to be with their schools. And now they yep. just wasted a year of no football and no pay. Yeah. And it's going to make, it's going to make that. Yeah, that, exactly. And it's going to make for that, that kind of spring process really interesting because, you know, okay, so we cancel the, the season. Is there a senior bowl, right? Do we still go mm-hmm. through those kind of mm-hmm. East West shrine games? And then boy, how many players are going to want to get into that? Right. And then, you know, should you not allow like the star players who are guaranteed first round picks or that to even play in those games? Whereas you could let some of the other guys who were more uh, mid round selections, you know, put some more tape out there for themselves, being that they didn't get the opportunity for the college football season. I'd be very interested to watch that as well. And then of course the draft is just going to be, you know, a complete shakeup. I think you look at uh, what the, the Seahawks did uh, with the jets with that Jamal Adams trade. I think, I think uh, the Seahawks are thinking we can give up a couple first round picks because especially one this year, because we don't know, we don't even know what we're going to be getting out of a player this year, given that we're probably not going to have any tape on them for their, you know, their final season. Very good point there. We're going to cut to our first break. We come back. We're going to talk about Deontay Johnson's comments and what it might mean for what's going on with the offense right after this. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined by my good friend, Tony Serino. Now, Tony, Deontay Johnson in his Zoom Zoom press conferences, because that's how everything's done these days, mm-hmm. um, he let it slip a little bit that he was going through an adjustment period. And Dale Lally published this in his Friday Insider column um, on DKPittsburghSports.com. But he brought this up and he said, um, he said, I know, I know there's new stuff and I'm still learning a lot of new motions and stuff and stuff that he's brought over to us. Johnson, when, when he was talking about, you know, Matt Canada. So that got me thinking, I'm like, well, wait a second. Is Matt Canada actually having a bigger impact on the offense than just a quarterback coach? And, and, and that was a question that we had going all, yeah, going all the way back to when they got him, because look, there was a lot of criticism last year of Randy Feekner, right? And I, I think, you know, you and I made the, made the point at the time of, look, it's not – Randy Feekner doesn't have a lot to work with here, right? I mean, remember, this is a team that, you know, through its first five or six weeks of the year, the best offensive output they had was a game in which they basically ran wildcat for the yep. entire game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, you know, that was the level of creativity that Randy Feekner had to work with. Now, but but I think you could say at the same time, right, that there was kind of legitimate criticism of, you know, his use of motion and, and, and route concepts and whatnot. And I don't think he was – as creative as some of the other other coaches in the NFL, but some of that pro- or a lot of that was probably due to the talent. But I am excited here, right? I mean, I think I think a lot of Steeler fans should be excited about this. Um, I, I think the question for me, right, was they're bringing in Matt Canada, and you you know that that's the first and foremost. I think that was because they felt like uh, Randy Feigner having to pull double duty last year. Boy, what a what a bad year for that to happen when all of a sudden Mason Rudolph becomes your starter, and now your your quarterback coach is pulling double duty as an offensive coordinator, right? So bringing in Matt Canada can just is just going to help Mason Rudolph in his growth and development. I think it's why they didn't bring in a backup quarterback. But then the secondarily to that is, yeah, can he bring in some of that creativity that he has to the offense? And the question was, look, there's no offseason this year, right? I mean, there's no there's no mini camps, right? There's no OTAs. There's none of that. So you're going to install all this stuff, but you're really only going to be able to install it during training camp. I'm really excited to see that they are still going to go through with that, right? You might have thought that they would wait to do that to install any kind of big new changes into the offense 
until you know you get a, a real offseason with these guys. But I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I think this offense could use a little creativity. I think you, know, you go back and you watch the first two weeks of the season last year, right? The stuff with Ben, right? The stuff that they yeah. were trying to do. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, they, they weren't the most creative stuff. Now they were still hampered, right? Because remember, that was an offense that thought that Ryan Switzer and Dante Moncrief were going to yeah. be big parts of the offense. So this offense is going to go through a lot of changes this year, but certainly you should fans should be excited about uh, the changes that Canada can bring. Yeah, I agree, Tony, because here's the thing is that we were looking at those films, and I remember our, our, our some of our initial breakdowns were against the Patriots. Where's the motion? Right. You know, on one side yeah. of the ball, the Patriots would motion Edelman from one side to the other. It would tip off either the Steelers are in zone or man. It yeah. would help Brady, and then he would dissect them. And then on the other side of the ball, you wouldn't see Ben motion anybody. And he would just like, all right, we're just guessing here. And yeah, we all scream that motion needs to be more part of this offense. If Matt Canada's working that in, I think that's a really good thing. And again, as a person, I didn't cover Pitt at this time, but I watched Matt Canada when he was here at Pitt, and he lit that offense up with motion, with jet sweeps, with forcing defenses to cover every option. That's yeah. what Matt Canada is going to bring. And I really think that yeah, there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be times where it's going to be it might be tough for the for, for young players, especially because they got a lot of young receivers, but it's going to give them it's going to give Ben a lot more options. It's going to also force these defenses who are adjusting themselves. They're not having a lot of time to work on stuff either because yeah. everyone's going to be short on time. The more you give these de- defenses to think about, the, the the higher the chances they're going to make a mistake and you might get wide open guys. Right, and you, you've got a lot of guys who might be good on those kind of end around sweeps, right? You got you got Deontay Johnson who did that last year, right? So you bring him yep. on some of that motion, you get them thinking about that, right? You've got you know you've got stuff you can do with Anthony McFarland, uh, the new running back coming in. You know, look, Chase Claypool. Uh, I don't know if you want to use him in that way because you know I don't know that he's got a great burst. He's got certainly long speed, uh, but he's another guy that comes in. Uh, I'm also interested to see, like, you know, I guess the Steelers are good this year because they're going to use more two tight end sets a lot. And are they going to run, you know, more two tight ends and and try to go big and and run the football that way? I mean, it's not going to use a lot of motion, but it is going to kind of bring more uh, guys into the box. And maybe you can do that. Maybe the Steelers will bring in some, get this, guys, play action into the offense. What? Yeah, Yeah, they can do that. You can fake it to the running back and then throw it. It's the rules, Tony. They can't. They're not allowed. I, I think it's against Ben Roethlisberger's rules, but I think in the wow. NFL you're allowed. <laughs> but no, what if they did some of that, right? Because I think I think that you know utilizing Vance McDonald and uh, and Ebron, right? You have a guy like Chase Claypool and you know James Washington, both guys capable of getting downfield and and bringing down 50-50 balls. I, I, I there's there's so much to be excited about this offense. I think I think there's a lot of things, like you said, there's a lot of things that that might get added, just wrinkles that could make what Randy Feetner is trying to do with Ben Roethlisberger all that much better. Um, one thing, one joke that I've had for years though, is when people talk about the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the lack of reality that's in the game Madden. One thing that I, that's been a consistent for like the past several years with Ben Roethlisberger, you call play action with him. You're in trouble. Cause he will get sacked. very. Yeah. Quickly. He's getting sacked immediately. Oh, it's an immediate sack. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm like, what, what happened to play action? And I was like, well, wait a second. They don't use play action. So this is actually pretty realistic. Madden, good job. Uh, <laughs> it's a deterrent. It's a natural deterrent. <laughs> uh, but but in, in all reality, we look at we look at how um, how this offense works, and people have had had these questions for years. I am interested to see how does Ben Roethlisberger take it on because he seems like he's coming from everything from a more holistic approach, a more humble approach, uh, with talking about things that he has to grow in. Mike Thomas talking about how he needs to tighten his spiral. I I really wonder how much of this is going to be like, hey Ben, like you're the man, but you got to adhere to some new stuff in here. 
Yeah, and I think I think he's ready for it, right? I mean, I think I think you know you're you're hearing other players talk about. Like, I, I don't really care. I, I I joked about it the other day on Twitter when I saw the report of like you know Ben did his his little Zoom call and he said like this is the best he's felt in so many years and his elbow feels you know like he's 21 again or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that stuff is always silly. We always hear about how Ben's got a new nutritionist and he's on his the best shape, right? But what I did, what, what we all wanted to hear, right? Because we all figured even going last year was that this was going to be like a a locked in Ben Roethlisberger ready to prove the doubters wrong because of the AB stuff, right? Now you've got that with the with the AB stuff plus coming back from injury. So I think so. I, I think, and hopefully, um, I guess the hope has to be, because we haven't seen live practices yet and we, we really won't. Um, but the hope has to be, yeah, that, that he's willing to give up more of the offense because, um, yeah, if, if this if this thing, if he's willing to go to the Matt Canada style, to, to more of a play action, right? Some things that are a little more out of his comfort zone, right? But can make for a, a better, more efficient offense, and he can work, he can get on the same page with with young guys earlier on, right? I'm talking about Chase Claypool and then Deontay Johnson. I think it's it's going to make for a better offense. It's going to make for a better Ben Roethlisberger. The guy threw for 5,000 yards two years ago, so he's still playing at a high level. But there's there was even room for improvement in that year. Um, and and hopefully Canada Feekner, you know, getting on the same page with Johnson, getting Chase Claypool involved as much as they can. And then I think you know I think Eric Ebron is someone who Ben Roethlisberger really wanted to bring in, and hopefully. You know, even even having a guy like that around uh, brings out the best of Ben in, in 2020. I agree. The sky's the limit right now, man. And again, I think it, the eight, the offense doesn't have to be number one or even rank in the top ten. Just get get above, get 16 or above, and I think that they're in a great spot. We're gonna cut to one more break. When we come back, speaking of that offense, there was a Steelers All Pro and one of their best leaders that had something to talk about last year. We'll get to that right after this. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter with Tony Serino. Now, Tony, there were um, there were some interesting comments by uh, a, a, one of the Steelers' leaders, and that's David DeCastro. Uh, he, he put it pretty plainly when he was asked about uh, about last year. He just said, "Yeah, it sucked." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that's like the most astute observation that you could have, but it also kind of encapsulate who David DeCastro is. Because he's always been no nonsense and not really gonna gonna expand on, on on things. He also had this to say about the Ben situation. He said, "Quote: I think the thing with Ben is not that he is isn't a talented player in his own right. It's what he does for the people around him. He has the ability to make you play better because he expects it." I think that the De Castro is 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 hitting on is hitting a basically like, hey, like last year had to be a throwaway year, but this year it's not just the talent of Ben Roethlisberger; it's the presence of Ben yes. Roethlisberger. Yes, and this is what I have tried. You, know, you try to get across to people who are like, "Oh, be, you know, Ben is done. He can't come back from the elbow surgery, right? He's, you know, he he's washed." Even if, even if all, and I, I think I've said this a million times this offseason, but I'll say it again. Even if all of that is true, just having a veteran like Ben Roethlisberger in the huddle is going to mean the world for this offense. And, and you heard DeCastro talk about it uh, during his during that Zoom call, right? When he talked about how it, you know it just it got to be a point in the year where it felt hopeless on offense, right? Because they didn't have the quality quarterback play. They didn't have the veteran in there to, to, to bring that team up to another level. And so it just kind of compounded on itself and the offense stayed stagnant for 16, you know, or whatever it was, 14 games without Ben. Um, and so I think just having Ben Roethlisberger there, just, just having him look, even if, and I, I keep going back to that last year of Peyton Manning, but I think that's really instructive for the kind, for like the worst case scenario of Ben Roethlisberger, right? Even in that year where Peyton Manning threw nine touchdowns and I believe 17 interceptions and was, you know, he was pretty bad throughout the year. 
He made some clutch plays in clutch moments, right? And Steeler fans will remember because the Steelers lost to that Broncos team in the divisional round, and Peyton made some pretty big plays in that game, right? Now, he was terrible throughout the year, but that's the kind of thing you get out of a, out of a veteran quarterback who's been there and done that. And that's what the Steelers are going to get out of Ben this year. So, look, I don't expect Ben's done by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I, think, you're, I think you hit the nail right on the head. The veteran presence in that offense, in that huddle, it's good, you know, it lifts all it lifts all boats, man. That's going to lift the entire offense up. All this offense has to be is average this year. The defense will get them where they want to be. And this is a, you know, this is a we're talking about the Steelers in the month of January. And it's also a motivating factor because when you know you got that guy in the huddle, you're like, yeah. all right. And it's not to say that they wouldn't line up and show up early for work, anyways. But there's an extra juice when you in, in, in your motivation, in the pep in your step, when you know that you're coming to work with the guy, and you're not coming to work with a guy that you're going to have to carry all the way through. To to illustrate that, here's more from DeCastro. Quote, true leaders aren't just good players. You have to have that ability. They, but they demand you play your best and when, when they're out there. You fall in line. He, ha he, Ben, has that presence in the huddle. The more I've been around him over the years, he has that. We're all enjoying it. We're getting old. It might be Al's last year. Pouncey and I are getting old, too. Who knows what's going to happen? We're just trying to enjoy it as, mu as much as we can. And I think that's the other thing is that you're going to see these guys play to a higher standard because they know it's not all doom and gloom right now. I think really, Tony, there's we've been talking about, you know, what he can do for the on the field and maybe he has a deep ball again and maybe the running game opens up because they respect Ben Roethlisberger. But how much of this also might be that the, the offense might be like, all right, our guy is back because Pouncey and DeCastro, I mean, anyone that's on the offensive line, all they've ever known is Ben Roethlisberger in this offense. Exactly. And I think, you know, you talk about, yeah, the, the, everyone's going to be playing better, but I think it's because they're all going to be asked to do a little less, right? Because yeah. you, know, you look at the offensive line, right? How many eight-man boxes did they face last year? H how many times did they did they face crazy blitzes? Because they knew Mason Rudolph and Duck aren't beating our blitz, right? No one's, you know, the, we the Steelers weren't lighting the world on fire when it came to the deep ball last year. So, you know, the, no one respected this Steeler offense. They're going to have to respect Ben Roethlisberger. So the offensive line is going to get asked to do less. Connor's going to face less eight-man boxes. Uh, Juju is is you know, well, Juju's still going to have to deal with with the double teams because I don't know that people are really going to yet respect. Uh, the rest of that Steeler wide receiver core, but you know we saw him get on the same page with Ben early, early on. So there, I think there's no problems there. Um, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think the one thing that I will say about what DeCastro said uh, yesterday is the one concerning part is when he starts to talk about how well this might be Al's last year, this might be Pouncey's last year. You know, I'm getting older. That's when I start to go, okay, hold on, hold on, because everyone assumes, right, that we have a couple more years of this offensive line left. Now, you know, they're going through a transition this year where they have a new right tackle, uh, technically a new left guard, although it's just Filer moving over. And the offensive line is aging, right? Their best players are all over 30. Yeah. But I, I thought, Chris, we, I, I was, I, as a Steeler fan, I'm planning on watching those same three guys in 2021. I, I, I would hope that that Al could could uh, work out at least a one or two year deal to to uh, to finish up his stay in Pittsburgh during this, you know, during the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career, because boy, you know, going into what, what could be Ben's last year in 2021, I don't know if you, I don't know if you, you want a new left tackle at that point. Now that, that's my thing is that I honestly, I know Pouncey has said in the past, I retire when Ben retires because yeah. he's made, so like, I think as long as Ben's around, Pouncey will stay. And I think DeCastro is in the same boat. I think DeCastro also might go a little bit longer than Pouncey, but, um, Villanueva, I think, is a little different because, remember, they, they added him after Kel Kelvin Beecham left. He's yes. been good, but I think they could also look like, hey, we, we could probably sign a good left tackle. Because Villanueva also commands decent amount of money. Um, 
you know, he, he's not he's he's not sticking around for three million dollars. So I think it, you know, if you take Villanueva off the books, you can probably at least say, hey, let's go get a legit left tackle and free agency, not a superstar, but just someone that holds it down over there uh, and something can happen. But I, I do think then and I, I hear that I hear the 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 uh, the, the urgency in your voice there because it is important. But I do think that the Castro, that's kind of him just thinking like, you know, we don't know how long this is because if Ben gets hurt, then that, that probably messes everything up. But I think if Ben's healthy, the at least those two guys and they're the anchors to Castro and Pouncey, those two guys stay, everything's gonna be fine. And that gives more time for Chakuma Okorafor and Zach Banner to work their way up. And don't forget, rookie Kevin Dotson looked like he might be a guy that you give him a couple years, he could become a starter for this offense. That's true. Yeah. And, and he's probably gonna be a red shirt year this year, right? You know, like like a lot of these rookies. Um, but yeah, I think I think, you know, looking at his tape and, and uh, what are the the comments other coaches were making about the Steelers pick and how impressed they were with that player. Um, yeah, I think I think that's someone certainly for the future um, that this team has some guys coming in. Right, You're, I think Banner probably wins the right tackle, but maybe maybe Chooks can make the uh, the transition to left tackle. It's it's an interesting. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I guess the only worry I have is the Steelers basically are going to have no cap space next year, and they lose Villanueva. Uh, yeah, I, I you know I don't know I don't know if they can go out in free agency and and get somebody. Uh, hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully. All right. That's our show. Tony, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Let people know where they can find more of your work. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country, and you can find me on YouTube. It is called AFC North Talk. It's a uh, roundtable show all about the AFC North. I am representing the Pittsburgh Steelers, so give that a listen. We go live on Monday nights at 8.30 p.m. You can follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. I'm also there on Instagram at Carter Critiques. Join the Locked On Steelers Facebook group by searching Locked On Steelers and ask to join the group. I'll add you as soon as possible. And don't forget to rate the show five stars on Apple on Apple Podcasts. Do so and leave a positive comment, and you will get your comment a shout-out on the show as long as it's safe for work. Thanks so much, y'all. We'll be back in your ears on Wednesday.